0: Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. What that says to me is that in your mind, subconsciously, you believe the only contribution that you could have brought was financial. Correct. That is such a difficult thing for us to get over. And, and us, I mean, any, really anybody, at least in, in America, if there is, there's not a love of money necessarily, but there, again, it, it represents like, what can we do with that? And if we don't have that, we kind of feel like we're not contributing anymore. And for, for me, I understand that you go from, yes, I am contributing that way to the idea. I don't contribute anything. And that's so not true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're contributing a whole lot of things. It's just not something that is tangible. And I Correct. think that's what like, money seems to be that tangible thing. One of the things that you absolutely could contribute was that unconditional love. And so it just, and, and honestly, you were doing that when you were married to Dave, before Ty came into your life, you were already contributing that, which is why he didn't think that you weren't contributing anything. Correct. Right? Which Correct. is what you said, but you needed that, that jolt of lightning to look at you and go, "Uh, this is not just a contribution, it's a worthy contribution, and it's enough. And I don't need to be able to give financially to be able to offer unconditional. Here's the thing, if you weren't able to offer your unconditional love to Dave, he might not have been able to make the money that he is to bring home to you guys as a couple. Right, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we forget that that there is that pattern as well that we we hold up the person that we love, and that is part of our contribution. That yes, they have something that's a paycheck and it's tangible, but would they have that if they didn't have that person holding them up? I don't know the answer to that. I
1: might be speaking out of term, but, you know, I think with women in the career fields that they're in now with the, the greater amount of success, I think sometimes it's harder for women to reconcile those ideas because women are so much required now to be a contributing factor in the household. Mm-hmm. And one, just to afford the things that you need and love for your family. I mean, face it, I don't have kids, but I know how expensive it was having dogs. Mm-hmm. And so, and I see my friends struggling with you know, I got to put shoes, there's school, there's these requirements, there's a lot going on. I mean, just the payment for childcare alone is just boggles my mind that it can cost that much. But I think with women, we have a sense of failure at some point if we're not contributing the dollars to the household. Because in this day and age, it's kind of expected that when you meet with other gals, they go, So what do you do? It's not just a man conversation anymore. Uh, I'll give you a scenario. So when you're in the military, there's either enlisted or there's officer. It's very much understood that the officers are much more elite. So when you are put together in a women's group in the military, you're automatically defined as this is the officer's group and this is the enlisted group. And the two shall not be close. It will remain with a huge dividing line because it is clearly annotated in a note somewhere that says, I'm better than you. And I think that's what happens with women is in this day and age, whether you are reconciling your identity through a spouse and their job, or you're reconciling the fact that you made a lot of money at some point in your life, that challenge is going to be put face to face, whatever you face to define who, what your purpose is in this lifetime and what value do you really bring? Because it's never about the money, like you said. It's yeah. one of the things I love about you, Maria, and how you coach people about money. It's not the, let's carry money in our wallets in an envelope. And when I've spent it, then I can be embarrassed at the register because I'm $3 short. It's not about that. It's about changing the mentality and the mindset about how we feel about things. So you made a really good point about reiterating reiterating my story by saying it was it wasn't it wasn't the money, it was the success and the accolades. But how else can you be successful in this life? How about you? You're a mom who contributes to beautiful children. I mean, not only do you see the postings of your children, but I reckon you know, I recognize how much you put into your children. Those are values that can't be paid for and are never seen. They go unnoticed and and not appreciated many times. So what is it about money in our mentality as women that defines us? Where Where did we get that message that defines us that? I only knew that message. I had to have that jolt of lightning experience, that near death, that dog coming into my life, marrying a guy who... Showed me how I could really be loved for the first time in my life. I mean, really allow somebody to love me. Whatever those circumstances are, even if you're married and you think you have the perfect scenario life, I'm sorry. There are stories every day about people losing their homes. We live in an area where there's huge fires and a whole town is devastated. How do you do that? How do you do the fact that your insurance company has now filed bankruptcy and they can't cover the loss of your home? What do you do then? Everybody has their chance of redefining their moment, Mm -hmm. whatever that moment is. And you know, it only comes with challenges because it's the pain. It's that point A to point B that helps you and I be successful in coaching people because it's life experience that helps us be able to relate to one another. Look, I'm not your 32 year old uh, housewife on TV. I'm just never going to be one of those girls. This is who I am. But what value that you and I bring is life experience and being able to tell our stories so that people can relate to us. Because, I mean, face it, this isn't just a story about my dogs. That's my reason for wanting to start my business and to give me some, you know, I I wanted to give their story some sort of purpose for my life. My purpose then became, I went to other cultures. How do I best survive? I'm not making money, but how do I survive? So I already went from a desert to different cultures that led me to deserts and a way of thinking and being in culture that i never thought of so mm-hmm. i'll give you another scenario so one of the countries we moved to is a place where have you ever seen my big fat greek wedding i have well i have watched that movie millions of times little did i know that the country we were moving to was that all about the greek people And they literally live like that. They eat late at night. Everything is social. They literally have a culture where they cut off in the middle of the day. They have like a siesta. They don't work eight hours a day. And when they come home, they're immersed in family. And it's not just the current family you're in, it's the grandparents, it's the aunts, the uncles, the cousins all come together and eat. That was a big adjustment for me as well. So I had to learn this type A, very driven, had to accomplish much. I then had to shift. If I'm going to immerse myself in other cultures or other lives, what do I need to learn about myself internally? Again, living in another country, what I followed my husband, I couldn't work. I wasn't on a work visa. I couldn't work. Where's my identity been for many years and what I could accomplish? Mm-hmm. I'm finding a brand new me and finding value in things I never, never thought I would find value in.
0: If I may go back and answer some other questions you said. I mean, you've, you've thrown so much out there. I think we're going to have to do this again sometime <laughs> because we, there's so much to cover. Um, you said, what do you do then? I mean, you, you mentioned like envelopes, you know, having money in an envelope and, you know, what happens when crisis happens and all of that. I just, I want to lay a foundation here. Okay. The idea of goal setting, in, our, in other words, what we did, Five, mm-hmm. ten, fifteen—no, I guess it was about ten years ago. We basically said our goal is to become debt-free, and we we basically followed. Uh, well, we followed Dave Ramsey, so we followed a a mm-hmm. system, a program, right? And and we did really, really well with it. I mean, I was the whole quote gazelle intense. I was one of those people who you know people didn't like to be around because <laughs> I was talking about it. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. you can I'm sure you can imagine that. I, um, I feel it. <laughs> What I found, though, is we made it. We made it to that spot, and then life happened. And it, there was a there was a lot of life that happened, and it mostly had to do with our kids and, you know, pregnancy losses and things that we had to pay for that medical bills didn't cover. And at that time, a lot of the um, the insurance plans were going to more of the high deductible plans. And so we got hit with, you know, several years of at least $10,000 or more and 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 it was it was something we were able to work through we got through it but i remember going okay that we hit a goal but now it's just like this moving target and <laughs> <Perfect>. and <laughs> But we never really understood why we were doing it in the first place. It was just a goal. We never really sat down and said, what is, our, what is our dream? What do we want to do once we get to that spot, right? It was just something to work towards. It wasn't something that meant anything. And if we had gotten to the point, Angie, where, like you mentioned, the you know, wildfires, if we had lost everything, or if we had a $45,000 tragedy that happened, we would have had, we, we wouldn't have been able to do that with envelopes, right? We would have, we, we probably would have found, I don't know what we would have done. I don't know what, because I, we didn't have to do that. What we did was we had these bite-sized chunks of $10,000 or more at a time. And we were able to ma- manage through that. But if it was twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 at once, we probably would have just reverted to figure out what you got to do and you know put it on a credit card and move on or something right. and figure out how to go back i think that the idea of knowing why you're doing it and and understanding who you are it kind of takes away the guilt and the shame of not following a specific plan because the plan is really just it's just like that moving target. It's it's that thing. The plan is the darts, right? You take the darts and you try to throw them and you don't know where it lands. But if you don't know what that bullseye is, then it doesn't matter what darts you have. You don't know what you're throwing it at. Exactly. And exactly. if we lost everything in a fire, we lo- you know, whatever that case may be, or tragically lost some children or you know, whatever that is, There there is no plan that's going to have us go, yeah, well, as long as we stick to this budget, we are good, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if we hadn't figured out who we were at the core, then we're not going to be able to handle one of those things. So I think that the fact that you had figured out who you are at the core, that's amazing. And your financial plan is going to be one that helps you become more of the person that you are. And it's going to help your money is just going to be a reflection of that right? Like Correct. your, your Correct. plan is just going to be that thing that says, well, these are the things that are important to me. And I don't care if Sally Susie over here says, you know, that this is not what she would do. Or Timothy over here says, what the hell are you thinking? Like, yeah. that's not, that's not going to give you a return on investment. And you can look at them and go, dude, I died. <laughs> like, yeah. And I could die again tomorrow. And like, you only live once. That is not necessarily an excuse to go out and and just blow everything as if you're going to die tomorrow because you might not, <laughs> uh-huh. right? You don't want your future self to be like, hey, wait a minute. What, what did you do? You stole from me because now I don't have anything to live on. You don't but, want that
1: added burden because that right. gives you no joy. That, That's that, right. That burden gives you no joy.
0: That's exactly right. So you don't want to do that, but you do want to live with intention, right? You want to be able to spend with intentionality so that you can say, if I die tomorrow, I felt like I lived a good life and if i don't die tomorrow my future self is still going to thank me for what mm-hmm. I, for the decisions mm-hmm. that i'm making and so would you share okay so i'm going to talk about the moment you spent you realize you had to spend a whole lot of money on thai right before you get there though tell me logically because we human beings think that we've got things figured out. And then we do things logically, especially as a type A personality, you probably like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm only going to spend this. And I've got, I've got my plan figured out. But then there's this human thing called emotion, right? And emotion comes in and it kind of screws with us a little bit. So I would love if you could tell the audience, what were you, what were you willing to spend on that little puppy that you promised on the floor of the laundry room that one morning and I'm going to do whatever I can. But in your logical mind, what was that number? What, what was your, my no matter what I'm I'm only going to spend this and then tell us what really happened.
1: You know, when you make a promise like that, you don't ever think there's really going to be a crisis, right? You just think I love you so much. I'm going to go to any length to, you know, I got your back. Mm. And so you never think there's going to be a crisis. So can you define, you know, I have some friends who go, I'm only going to spend $5,000 on my dog. I'm only going to spend that. Until the doctor comes around the corner and they have that look on your face that your dog has cancer and they're not going to survive unless they have this surgery. And, and I'm not using my story. I'm using somebody else's story where they're like, we don't care. Here's our credit card. Just do it. And the bill is going to be $6,500. So that defining moment of 5,000, I had no defining moment. Okay. But Ty and Lena, and we can talk about Lena at another point, she's equally as significant as he is. She just came a year later into our lives, is that when we arrived in the country we were living in, so we're in a foreign country living practically on an island, and again, no resources, that whole thing. I don't know anybody. I'm in a desert kind of community, and my dog breaks his back, like three weeks after we arrived there. Oh, wow. And it's a country whose um, veterinary practices are very antiquated. They're very much into their goats (laughs) and their cows and their cattle, you know, those kinds of things, livestock. And there's not anybody there who really understands dogs per se. At that point, you are faced with, I got to get my dog, fly him to another country, get him an MRI in a human clinic where they really don't want to do that. And people are telling us, put your dog down you don't know what that defining moment is. I didn't know what I was going to spend. Now I'm dealing with the Euro and not the American dollar. And how Mm -hmm. do I convert it? And where does that scenario play at that very moment? When you're emotionally challenged, you have to make a decision for me. And for Dave, we were willing to do whatever we had to, because we were not willing to say it's over. We Mm -hmm. just got here. Our view, we prayed about it. We believe that our purpose and the reason for bringing them had a gigantic purpose can't define it so we didn't know what we were going to spend i will tell you it was a lot of money because we live in a foreign country and i've got to get him to different places that can't it's not like you can just go to the local veterinary clinic down the street and then they send you to a specialty clinic and he's got to have an mri because if you've ever had to have an mri for animals it's usually five thousand dollars alone wow all I know is at that point I was going to do whatever it took to help him survive. Now I also am a research freak, so at that moment I started finding what what kind of back injury did he actually have. I'm having to carry him with a sling at this point. I know water therapy is going to be it. We quickly moved to a place where I could learn how to give him water therapy. My dog walked again because I gave him oils, supplements, water therapy, massaged him. Everything I learned on my own in a foreign country caused him to live. And I had him for a total of almost 13 years because I made the investment. So when you ask me about money, I'm going to tell you that emotional investment wasn't just money. It was learning practical ways to create healing in his life, which brought healing to me. Mm -hmm. And I can't define it. At that moment, when I'm faced with crisis, I just paid whatever I had to pay
0: at the moment. Mm -hmm. And how old was he at that time? 2008.
1: So he was four years old at the time.
0: So you you basically bought him about nine extra years of life. Correct, correct. That's amazing.
1: And and at the defining moment when you're faced with that challenge and you're dealing with money differences in exchange and how am I going to get the money and what country. So my final statement is, if I knew the purpose that my life has now and the purpose for his life for being on this earth and being given to me to be the steward over him, I would spend the money all over again if I had to make that choice again, but I would be wiser in my investigative practices on how to heal him because my goal, my end goal was to heal him back to health, not just spend the money foolishly. Mm -hmm. I just was living in a foreign country in a foreign land, trying to figure out how to navigate care for him in a world that was unknown to me. You cannot go to just down the street to a specialty clinic or whatever. So I would probably, for the life experience that Dave and I had with our dogs, we would spend it again and not regret a moment of it.
0: That's great. And when you know better, you do better, right? And so you, I mean, moving forward, you might, and that, and that scenario might have played out differently if he had already lived 13 years. Correct. And so I want to bring that up because there is this thing called, you know, risk And you have to kind of decide what, what is, what's the payoff on that, you know? And, and so again, it might've just looked differently. That doesn't mean that it wouldn't have been just as emotionally difficult for you at the time, but you, you buying eight, nine years might've looked different than you buying eight or nine days for a large amount of money. Right. And you
1: you brought a really good point up because at his close to his 13th year. We knew how sick he was at that point we then made the decision. One, his life has value and it's been rich, Mm -hmm. but it's not time to make him suffer anymore. Mm -hmm. And do we have the money financially to keep investing and more treatment and more treatment? Is he going to get better? So you grow as you get older in marriage and experience and you realize, is that the best investment for him and for us? Right. So 13 year mark was like it for us. Like how much more? can we really take emotionally? How much more can he really go through that's unfair to him and how much more financially can we
0: suffer? Cause mm-hmm. it was suffering. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you made a really good point. Well, and I think that that is something that, uh, people, uh, people understand at, at some logical level, but also that emotional level. And I think, I think if you, when I said, you know, when you know better, you do better, that's really one of the biggest reasons that I think people need to hire coaches, whether it's a financial coach or somebody like you who really just helps dig into peeling back some of those layers and going, who are you at the core? And what are the things that are going to bring you joy and happiness and growth? Because a lot of growth comes from pain, right? I mean, that's the creator is just molding us and putting us through a fire and a kiln. And, and it's, it's through the desert times that we actually become who we are. And thank God we go through those horrible times so that we can come out who we are. At the same time, if we prepare and know better, then we will do better in the future. Mm -hmm. So, so I think one of the best times to actually figure some of that stuff out is when you're not in the thick of things. (laughs) As human beings, that's what we do, especially procrastinators. And I'm one of them. I'm a self-proclaimed procrastinator that I'm, I'm recovering. And it's like, we wait until that crisis happens And then go, oh crap! Now what do we do? You know, and it's like now I got to figure out all this stuff. It's like, well, wouldn't it be really good to figure out some of that stuff before it happens, and maybe even start putting your money where your why is. Actually, have a plan. Yes, before it happens, so that you know, a twenty thousand dollar whoa. When you, it doesn't hurt as much because you had $10,000 put aside for the what if the woe, right? And so that's one of the things that I want to make sure people who are listening, if they say, I want to, I want to start that now. I don't want to wait for the crisis. And I know that I want to be able to talk to Angie about that. Her story really meant something to me. I want, I want to be able to share my story with her. I want to connect with her. What are the ways that people can do that with you, Angie?
1: so i um i love email and i love to hear people via email so they can go to reflections with angie at gmail.com I, I would love to schedule a 30-minute just free call just getting to know you i want to hear your story that's the whole point of my podcast is to tell my stories and your stories so that people can relate there we're in a time in our country where there's a lot of healing to be done there's a lot of suffering there's a lot of challenges And wouldn't it just be great that when you're subjected to your home or you're on lockdown, wouldn't it be great just to have someone to talk to based on your needs? I mean, surely we would all make different decisions if we plan. But much to your point, if you plan in advance, if I would have had dog insurance before all of this, before the pre-existing condition, would that have made a difference? Certainly. So your point exactly is we should have a plan. There should be a plan. And I want to leave myself open that if you want to meet with me, talk with me over the phone, I'm happy to spend some time helping you get to point A and point B, and we can work out a plan and go from there. I do have some offline clients that I see on a regular basis um, based on whatever subject matter they're dealing with. Um, So I don't just talk about what it is to have a gain or a loss with an animal. Mine is more about gain and losses in life and what we do to get better. If they want to reach out, it's at gmail.com. Thanks for asking. I appreciate
0: that. Oh, you're welcome. I I know that people are going to want to know where to find you because there, again, there just needs to be that healing. You said that perfectly well. That there's so much healing that needs to be done, and and I know that we focused a lot on on the doggies, but at, that's just because that's part of your story, and it was the beginning of the story when you said at the very beginning that those that tie was your purpose. I think that Ty was, and maybe I'm speaking out of, out of turn here, but I think he was like a vehicle to your purpose. He was, oh, he was like the thing that showed you your purpose. And the, the reason I say that is because when Ty left this earth, your purpose did not. So your purpose was not wrapped up in him he was just there to guide you and show you what that purpose was and to kind of, you know, reveal like a revelation to you. And and I'm so glad that you decided to take that and just continue on and and build in that purpose and live in purpose on purpose. That's one of my favorite things is you never know who you're going to impact on accident when you learn to live your life on purpose and in purpose. So I bring that up because the people, when you say, I don't just talk about dogs and I don't just help people who have lost animals, your story really is just an example for people. And you have a gift of being able to put your story aside and really listen to what that individual says, and you're able to help them find their own story. So I'm glad that you brought up that it's not just about dogs, because that just happens to be, you know, the story that you started with. And and same thing with money. You know, people don't just come to me because they, they have a, like, oh, I, what I say is, People come to me when they figure out that they're no longer broke, but still broken. Oh,
1: I love that. They
0: just, they don't know, like, yeah, I've met this goal, but I still don't feel fulfilled what's going on. And so I just think that, you know, people who come to me, if I find that they could really use somebody like you, I'm going to go ahead. And if I have your permission to send them your way and, and, you know, have that chat with you, if that's okay too.
1: I would love to, because everybody's story has a purpose. There, everything about you. The one last thing I want to say is you count whoever that is, whoever you is, you count in this lifetime. There is nothing about you that doesn't count. That doesn't have purpose. You just haven't found
0: your story yet. That's all. I love that. Uh, Again, thank you so much. I will put your uh, email in the show notes so people can find you pretty easily and we'll be in touch. Bye bye.